0: Welcome to North London is Ours, the Arsenal and Spurs podcast brought to you by Andreas and me, Aaron. Enjoy!
1: Arsenal have picked up just one point from the last three games. While Spurs have picked up six points from a possible nine. Arsenal sit just one point above Spurs in the Premier League table. It's all to play for as we head into 2024. This is North
0: London is Ours. Aaron, good evening, sir. How are we doing? I've been better, mate. It's been a rough couple of games for the Arsenal. Um so yeah, I've been better. How about you? All <laughs> right, mate. It's uh
1: year coming to an end, new one to begin. Yeah, looking ahead with optimism on a,
0: on a life level, on a football level. Bring it on, man. Let's go and attack it. Yeah, yeah. I mean you got a lot to shout about newborn. Tottenham in a little bit of a better place than they were recently, so I can see where your positive vibes are coming from in comparison to mine.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, behind the curtain of fatigue, which is there, let's be real, it's, it's, it's not easy being a father, <laughs> to, as I'm sure you will attest to. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's tough, basically it's, it's wonderful as well on yeah, the football front. Um, yeah, it's been a decent week all round for Spurs, um, probably... Well, definitely better than Arsenal's week, I suppose. Both have had three fixtures. In fact, we haven't even spoken, have we, since each of us has played three
0: games? This is it, yeah. So we're going to kind of like squeeze them all in. This is going to be like a a bumper festive three-game synopsis and discussion, really, isn't it? We're not going to be talking about each game individually, um, but we'll just kind of go in and share our thoughts about our teams and their three sets of fixtures over the festive period, right? Sounds good to me. I think it's
1: probably all, might be a good place to start with you guys, right? I mean, um, not your best week. One one point picked up out of three, albeit you know challenging fixtures away away to Liverpool, West Ham, and Fulham. Um, mm-hmm. And I suppose from and, now, and I suppose that's that's one win in five now for you in the league, which is surprising considering where you are at and the way you played against Liverpool. In some ways, mm. based on those fixtures, I think anyone. Having heard and having seen the way you played at Anfield, I think everyone tends to think a draw is probably the fair result. But if you'd have told any neutral that'd be the only point you would have got from those three fixtures, I think you would have been very, very surprised. So that's yeah. our, that's, that's the general view. Of so how did how do you see it? In, in a yeah. form?
0: I can't I can't disagree with that at all. Really, to be honest with you, the just roam back to the Liverpool result, that was I was really happy with that. I, I don't think many teams go there and get anything. Um, It was one of those games that could have gone, Arsenal could have lost, Arsenal could have won. There were periods in the game where both teams were in um, in the ascendancy. And I think I thought Liverpool, particularly in the second half, really looked like it was inevitable that they were going to go on and win the game. Um, But Arsenal showed good character. So I, I was really happy with that point from that game and the performance was Was really good, not flawless, but a really good performance, and I was very happy with the point there. And then the West Ham game was a really strange performance. Like we were flying straight away first five minutes. There was three or four nutmegs on the right hand side. It was I was like, "Gosh, this is this is great. I'm going to enjoy watching this one today." And then that was it. After that, we just got progressively worse during the game, and um, and we could have been out there until 2024 and not scored. It was one of those <laughs> games. And um, I think it was 30 shots um, that we had, 77 touches in the opposition's box without without scoring a goal. Um, ridiculous chances missed. Jesus was pretty, um, <laughs> pretty much at fault for some of those. Um, and that was just a really disappointing result for a team that we really owed as well, having knocked us out of the... Um, the Carabao Cup earlier this year Um, and could have got worse with Declan Rice giving away a penalty and um David Rao making a save. And then today was just awful from start to finish today. It was, um, it was really bad. So yeah, it's been a, you know, I would have thought, look to those fixtures with, uh, before we played those three festive fixtures, I'm thinking, we could easily go to Liverpool and lose. They're a mm. they're a great side, excellent quality throughout their side. But we should go and beat um West Ham at home and we owe them one. And we owed Fulham one today as well. Um having drawn oh, uh, yeah. earlier on in the season with a late Palinho go gold. Sorry. Um but they absolutely deserve their win. I think the big difference is for me in the um the West Ham game and the Arsenal game were that Fulham actually deserved their win today. The West Ham game was, I think, I I thought 2 0 flattered them massively. And um, I thought they were quite, they got a lot of praise for their performance, but I just didn't really see what people were going on about. Ali McCoy's strong commentary, someone who I usually rate quite highly, was was terrible. Um, I didn't agree with his opinions at all, but yeah so it's been it's been rubbish really um so we're yeah, in your christmas too much there <laughs> no no it's just really disappointing and i'm i'm worried as well Andy. a little um narrative here my brother-in-law who listens to this podcast who's a, who's a spurs fan um he at christmas bought me the um him and his wife bought me the arsenal third kit and he was like oh i really didn't want to buy you that but I suppose I kind of, I know what you, you, you you know, I had to kind of do it. It was through gritted teeth, that kind of thing. And, I, and my son got it as well. So he got one with Saka on the back. And uh, I was like, I didn't feel comfortable wearing this kit. I just felt like, yeah, like I thought, it's come from a Spurs fan. Should I wear it? And I didn't the other day. I was like, no, I'm not wearing it. I'm not wearing it. It might jinx us. But Oscar wore his during the game and we lost 2-0 at home, Right. Then today I was like, no, I need to I need to check if this is really happening. So I wore mine today and we lost again. So I'm wearing it right now and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to wear this again during a game.
1: <laughs> you so, know what? You know what? Marcel, if you're listening, whatever voodoo witchcraft you put on that kit before handing it over, I respect <laughs> you. Well, it wasn't even
0: Marcel, it was Rebecca's brother. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Mar- that was definitely something Marcel would do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> whoever's, whoever's produced the goods, well played, love it. Um, oh man, I'm worried. Do you know, I've got a theory though, right? <clears throat> so, as to why maybe you've struggled against, in the in the particularly West Ham of Fulham games. Okay. And it is interesting hearing you say that West Ham have beaten you in the Carabao Cup and Fulham have already sort of taken a point at the Emirates that two of these two matches are against teams that have already found ways to get results against you, whether by hook or by crook or by luck or by change of teams in the Carabao Cup, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That, that is quite interesting. But I mean, the Liverpool game, and I said this on the pod after we played them. And obviously it was a crazy game where they had nine men. And I remember saying that they are, that's the first time I watched them and thought they're legitimate title contenders because they, I was so impressed with them, even with nine men, just the way they played us. And, mm. um, and what it takes, what you have to give to beat Liverpool from like an intensity perspective is so much because they are such a physically strong team. And I remember all the comments after that your game against them was like, both managers were saying, what an incredible game, one of the best quality games they've seen, the intensity was just off the off the charts. And I wonder at this stage of the season with a number of fixtures piling up, whether there's a fatigue thing creeping in Um I mean, I didn't watch the West Ham game, but I heard, like, kind of reflects what you said, that you just had all the ball, but just, yeah, like you said, mm. just struggled to score. And then Fulham, again, was a very off-colour Arsenal today. Yeah. So I, I do wonder if that game, in, like, a really congested period, has maybe fatigued the players more than, than you realise. I don't know, but... Um... Yeah,
0: I, I think that's an interesting one. Today, looking, you know, you, your eyes tell you one thing, right? When I watched the Arsenal... West Ham game, I wouldn't have said that that was the issue. There, we looked, we didn't look fatigued, we didn't look tired. Today, we really, really did. Mm. Um, And obviously, there's a fair, you know, it's a a close gap between them. But I think the fixtures for us have been quite friendly in comparison. We've to other teams. I think Liverpool have had smaller gaps between their matches. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, and I with that, I'm always. I'm always sceptical because I just know the elite level of resources that these players and these clubs have to them in terms Mm. of recovery and nutrition and, you know, exercise plans and, you know, all, you know, you can go on and on, can't you, right? Um, And I just think they, 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 you can't be using that as an excuse. Um, But I do think uh, at the same time, I do think it it could possibly, it's definitely a factor, but I don't think this can be it can't have as much weight as perhaps some people think. Okay. Um, That's interesting. But, but yeah, it, I, well, I just feel like after these, this game in particular today, that we need like a, a mid-season reset almost because um, we, we look to have lost our way. I think um, over the last, in the last two games in particular, uh, today was awful. There was no, I don't think there was any good performers today. Um, maybe Gabriel Martinelli, and he was strangely dragged off, but. Yeah, so it's feeling, feeling pretty negative, mate. But I, at the same time, I do think it's a very unusual season, this one. And there's, mm. it's so, so tight. There's teams up there like Villa, Spurs being a surprise package as well. Not that far off at all. Um, it's very, very tight. You know, during the game, my son was coming up to me saying, "Oh, Arsenal, and going to Alex and saying, oh, who's top of the league? And I was like, Oscar, it keeps changing during the game because of the result. <laughs> and it's updated. And he was like what's the what's the what's the table like now and I'm like right we're fourth now and then he was like hold on but we were just first and I was like yeah that's how it works and mm. it just goes to show how tight it is um but yeah i know you know 20 games played another 18 to go another less than half of the season um i still think you know we're in a good position and um we're going to be there or thereabouts um it's just really disappointing but i think Maybe having, if you want to call it a blip right now, is better than crunch time when we had our blip at the end of last season losing to um, Southampton, I think it was, and uh, other teams like Brighton as well, I think. So, by, yeah, by, maybe. maybe
1: by, blip, by blip, is that like the polite word for choke last season?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your, your allegiance in North London, I think.
1: Yeah, not really, yeah. joking, But it's interesting though because, and and we'll touch on it when we talk about Spurs. But for us, it's without doubt fatigue is an issue for us at the moment. Like we're just about scraping through at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and obviously with our injury situation has meant that players have had to play a lot more than they used to, and just our style of play is very sort of fast and furious. Um, but I wonder okay, so if it's not fatigue. I mean, one of the factors that I wanted to call out and I'm interested to get your view on this is like when it comes to your cutting edge and we've spoken about Saka producing consistently with assists and goals, Martinelli's chipped in but there's one guy that I look at when I look at the numbers, when I watch him play and I think on the eye he's super silky, nice can hold up the ball, good link-up play but in terms of cutting edge I want to call out Gabriel Jesus Mm -hmm. and I want to get your take on on how highly or not you rate him because I was looking at some stats in comparison to Richarlison, who I've been quite critical of this season. But since his return from injury, he scored five in five and he scored, uh, he's got two assists more than Gabriel Jesus and three goals more in the league this season. And they've played a relatively similar amount of games. So I think Richarlison's played 17 to Gabriel Jesus' 15. And I just think mm-hmm. the quality of your team 15 games in, three goals, I think it is in the league. Like, surely that's quite, that's very subpar to what you'd expect from an Arsenal striker. But how do you see
0: it? It's a great question. Um, I had this debate with, um, my other brother in law that you mentioned earlier, Marcel. He was saying about, um, you know, when Chris Wood turned into prime Ronaldo number nine and and bagged a hat trick against Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was like, You lot need a striker. And I, I was like, oh no Jesus is good enough, and I do I, I know the stats I look I was like, surely Jesus has got more goals than Chris Wood, and then I looked at it and he's got three I think Chris Wood's got eight or seven something like that, and they're not comparable players at all like we mm-hmm. everyone would agree Jesus is miles better than Chris Wood as a striker, but for Arsenal right now, what I will say is that he Not right. It doesn't seem like it's not in the context of right now. He's not getting goals and he's not creating assists and we're not winning games. So everyone will look at it with those, that kind of perspective. However, before this, when he came back into the team after his injury earlier in the year, the difference from him being in the team and us not having him and having Eddie and Ketia and um, Kai Habits and other players playing up front um, was mammoth. Like it was. It was so he just knits it all together, and he really does bring all of those other players into play. I just I would love him to get more goals, and I think he should like he should be you know he should have got at least four or five more goals than he has based on the chances that he's missed. Mm. But I I can't like I rate him so highly like um he's so important for us, but I would love more goals from him, and it's. You know, when he came into the club, he, him and Zinchenko were massive for us. They just raised that kind of pro that you know that the, the aspirations. We just seemed so much better once we got those players in. They raised our level and they just seemed to bring so much more to the group and to the the, the team in terms of like mindset and being winners. And I don't know. Um, and players have come out and said that about them, and the manager has said that about them. How crucial they've been. So. I will be patient with him uh, for as you know as long as it takes, really, because I know he's such a good player. But I would love him to get more goals, and he should get more goals. There's no two ways about it. And he um, he has to take that criticism right now because he he was he was quite poor in well, he was poor in front of goal against West Ham, and he was on the bench today, uh, and he came on. He was okay, but not again, no goals. So it's, you, you need more, right? Yeah. I just, but the, the the solution, I think who, who is the solution? And I, I genuinely don't know who realistically Arsenal could bring in, who's going to get more and more goals. And I think the Richarlison thing is fascinating as well, because he was terrible at the beginning of the season, wasn't he? Like, yeah. we have to, like, we did agree on that. And, you know, now he's doing much better. And I think strikers go through dips in form um, and th- th- that will continue to happen. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think, I think the, the, the comparison is a really good one. Um, both, but, Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, both Brazilian. Yeah, both Brazilian. I'd imagine Gabriel Jesus probably whitens opposition fans up as much as Richarlison maybe does as well, actually. He's got that kind of look on his face that he's always been hard done by. And, um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good one. And fair play to Richarlison because he was really bad at the beginning of the season and he stepped up. Um, I think he scored again today, didn't he? He scored today and in his defence, and I was very
1: critical of him as well. And like, you know, we've spoken about uh, whatever, kicking dance, whatever. But he's adamant that he was suffering with a real, like a pelvic issue. And that until he had the surgery, he was playing in pain every week and was just miles off it. Whereas since he had that surgery and came back, he has been like, he looks like a totally different player. Yeah. Um, but the difference is funny because when I think of Jesus in terms of his game style to Richarlison, Jesus for me is someone that maybe knits your front line together. He gets he involves players, he gets the team playing like a beautiful medley. You know, you play a, be- a lot of stuff goes through him. He's, he's into play. Richarlison's yeah. not that. Richarlison's a sort of off the shoulder balls coming in front front post little finishes. And it's an interesting yeah. question for Arsenal as to whether. You'd be better off with an out-and-out box striker that is just, you know, lethal yeah. and lose out on the interplay. Or whether actually him playing in the way he does actually
0: works and is better to your system. Yeah, It's quite an
1: interesting way of thinking about it. It,
0: it is an interesting one. And I, I genuinely, I think I messaged a few Arsenal fans before today's game and said, I wonder if, um, if he drops... Um, if he drops, Gra- drops Gabriel Martinelli, puts um, Gabriel Jesus on the left-hand side because he's very good at wide and collecting the ball mm. in those areas. He's as... You know, I've seen him play there and play really well. Um, he's better for us as a team in the nine position, but I think he can play equally as well on the wings as like a left wing forward or right wing forward. Um, you know, I don't think there's any difference in what he brings. Um, but f- But for Arsenal... With this team and the players that we want him to bring in, he's much more effective for us as a number nine. Yeah, um, but I did think that that might happen today. That Martinelli, who's been a bit lacking in his end product, um, might be dropped, and then Gabriel Jesus on the left, and Eddie Nketiah, who is more of that striker that you box in the box, can finish, get across this mm. man, that kind of thing. But he he was he was poor today, Eddie Nketiah, and that like I've said in the past, the the drop off from him to jesus in the 90s massive Magnificent. absolutely Magnificent. massive and um it might be it might be an ivan tony in the summer mm. um, ollie watkins i don't i'm not really a fan of ollie watkins i think he's touches is he's like a table tennis bat when the ball comes into him it just pings off in all directions that's funny you say that. I've been having
1: this debate with my brother and he rates him highly as I'm with you. I personally, I think... You know like with, with um, Lukaku? Yeah, yeah. At, the, at the top level for me, the quality that you need is just, just not quite there, mm. even though he's got great attributes. like do, do you know what all this striker talk makes me, makes me reflect on and feel very nostalgic about <laughs> just how lucky we were to have Harry Kane for those years? Because... He he was the perfect striker that could do both the interplay, the being in the box. Yeah. And like it's only when you lose that like if, if you stuck Kane, I can't even comprehend the thought yeah. of you in your Arsenal team now. Yeah. Like it, he's he's producing at a crazy level with both the the, the killer stats as well as the interplay and like that would that literally elevates you to yeah. a whole different level. Like that's the level of profile of player that is
0: what it's gonna take now to win leagues against the likes of man city yeah and and you're right adi they're just creeping they're just there today they're up they're above us in the league no no one's really noticed that they're coming back into form they paraded all their um money funded trophies this week didn't they and it was just like and this is what i've been it's been like a kind of subplot of our podcast so far where i've kind of Mm. just said don't write them off don't write them off and yeah I'll continue to say that because I just I just know what they're they're, they're, in, they're inevitable aren't they in some ways um, it's funny because I've been back in Arsenal like all the way saying that I this mm. is your
1: league and then your little drop off has come City have just gone and won another bloody world title against I don't know some like was it Fluminense I don't even know how good yeah. these teams are probably not great and then they managed. They're getting players back slowly, and now suddenly they're like three points off the top again. And you're like, well, <laughs> with a winter break to come, maybe they could even dip into the market if they need to. Like, I'm now looking at it and thinking, you are probably right. I think it probably is cities to lose again. Yeah. Um, and if anything, I'm now looking at it and thinking maybe city liverpool
0: arsenal in that order could be the top
1: 3 but who knows swings
0: and roundabouts long yeah. way to go and, and if there ever was a season that it, it, it's this one where it's going to be like that yeah uh, but yeah spurs spurs are there as well you didn't mention them in that three but they they're there and uh, and a bit of a mixed bag of results for you guys as well battered by brighton 4-0 mm. down at one point a couple of consolations and then uh what was it a 3-1 win today and then one, yeah. stole a goal of victory against Everton as well. So it's a bit of a an eclectic set of results, really. And yeah, how I mean, has it been landed your side? Well, let's say it how it is. In
1: terms of results, six points out of nine, I'm very pleased with, considering the situation we find ourselves in from a squad perspective. Yeah. Performances in all three have not been particularly good in all three of these games. And I know I referenced fatigue earlier. But, like it genuinely looks like our players are on their last legs, um you know sometimes when the clubs do these like little videos of the players walking off the pitch back down the tunnel after a game, and you get these little reactions, yeah, like, there was a clip today of Ben Davis as he walked back, and he just sort of puffed his lips and was like, Phew. like isn't just- just delighted to to have got through it, <laughs> and you know, to be fair, Everton and Bournemouth have probably been two of the informed teams in the league in recent weeks until I suppose the last couple of games, yeah. You know, Solanke has been flying for for Bournemouth. He's actually got more goals or level on goals with Son for the season, which is crazy when you
0: think about it. Yeah, considering how he was in previous years.
1: Yeah, and he's got a massive forehead, that <laughs> lad as well. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's a strange-looking dude. Um, but yeah, so performance-wise, it's like not particularly great in any of them. Brighton was particularly bad, and it's really weird. Like, they thoroughly deserved to be fawned up. Like they were by far the more the better team, more clinical. We got the two constellations but then we had what like a flurry of chances after that and you're looking at this thinking on another day you could have ended up nicking a point out of nowhere <laughs> yeah um which was quite crazy but no look there's a, I think six out of nine've done well <sighs> the the thing is and I don't want to keep talking about injuries but I cannot like and I don't want to use it as an excuse but we are utterly decimated like I I, I mean the same players are having to step up and play. Like Son against Brighton, he looked like he could barely move. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how they how he how played again today because we've got literally... R- Romero's now out for five weeks with a hamstring. Van de Ven's been out now. Or he's going to be out for a total of six weeks. Madison's been out. Bissouma's out and going to AFCON. Saar, was, that was his last game for us today before going to AFCON. That was Son's last game before going to AFCON. I mean... Dogi's been in and out through suspensions like it's been absolutely insane and and obviously Perisic hasn't kicked the ball, Bentancur mm-hmm. hasn't kicked the ball. Until... It was, he was back today right? I couldn't believe that. So about four weeks ahead of schedule everyone was like stunned but thank god he was.
0: Yeah I couldn't believe <laughs> um, it because I, I, that game wasn't televised but then I got a message from brother-in-law again saying Bentancur is it's something about Bentancur and I was like what? Why is he playing? Yeah, I think that's how every fan, every fan was just sort of stunned because yeah. we've been told sort of six weeks, but well, Matt, poor Matty Cash has re- been receiving death threats from North London, hasn't he? And I think he popped his shoulder actually in a previous game, so
1: karma karma's Ooh. not nice and death threats we don't <laughs> want to see. No, nah, there was um, death threats. maybe there was. Who knows? <laughs> well, I know there were some Spurs fans I know that were not happy with him, but uh-huh. um, I think the, the one of the big the big pluses for me is like the resilience of the team the ability to grind out results when you're not playing well. Yeah. And also players coming in that have actually had to step up. Like Lo today was was brilliant. Ben yeah. Davis, again, who's come in. Like We're starting with a centre-half pairing, Ben Davis and Emerson Royale, who's a full-back.
0: Yeah. And he's not you done know. well there,
1: has he? He's it's, it's done all right. Like today he was pretty decent, but
0: there's just levels, right? Yeah. There's levels for the game, and he, he's not that level. No, and that, that position is completely different to what he's used to. Yeah. It? Yeah
1: and we're having to just we're having to use like the full squad move players around but i think for me the biggest challenge you know what it's like whenever you play with like a back four or a midfield you want continuity consistency you build a rapport and we've just not had that the whole season in fact we had it at the start of the season and you saw yeah. how we performed um but in recent weeks it's been very up and down and i think a big part of it is just because of this this challenge so for us now the transfer window we need to do business and we need to do it quickly. Um, there's a lot of talk actually about signing the centre half from Genoa called Dragosan. Yeah. Um, and also Connor Gallagher from
0: Chelsea interestingly there's two names mm. that are coming up. Yeah. Um, An interesting one, someone we've mentioned on the pod before about having better stats so far this season than Declan Rice I think. I think it yeah we didn't... spoke about that in terms of like jewels and Past completion, things like that, and it—it's one of those where your eyes tell you a different picture to the stat or a different story to the stats. But yeah, I'm not—I'm not a big fan of Conor Gallagher. I think he—I'm kind of—I don't know. I'm a bit like—he's he, a runner. I just feel like he's a runner, and I don't think there's much. I just think he's an average technician and is an average football player, but an an elite athlete. I actually mm. agree with you. I'm not his biggest fan. The one
1: time I did rate him was that season he had a palace and I thought, God, this guy is suiting them mm. down to the ground. But since he's been at Chelsea, like we were saying about some of these strikers, like your Watkins, and that, I think there's levels and I'm I'm not sure he's got it in him to come and play to that level at a bigger club. But um, I don't know. It would, it'd be interesting if Chelsea, I think he's their captain
0: actually, so to, to nab him would be an interesting... Yeah, Move. well, Rhys James is their captain, isn't it? But he's always injured, isn't it? So he might be that sub-vice sub captain or whatever it
1: is. Ah, you're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but look, captain. I mean, from a, from a Spurs point of view, delighted six points out of nine. I mean, if you just asked me a month ago how where we'd be in the league, I mean, to be one point behind yourselves and three points off the top, I think, regardless of what we are capable of achieving or not this season, it's a staggering... It's a staggering level of performance. I think the manager deserves just an incredible amount of credit because can you even imagine under Antonio Conte last year losing this many players? He would have been like, <laughs> "Yeah, I've got no players. I can't. This is why we're losing. And it would have just been a really <laughs> grim atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. yeah Whereas the manager's just knitted everything together. He's built a unit in, in a similar you know, mode to what Arteta's doing. He's built this like cohesive structure mm-hmm. and... We're there. Like, yeah. By hook or by crook, we're there. And if we can get... some, If we can get... Well, our next league game, because I think there's the winter break, our next league game now isn't until the 14th of January and we go to Old Trafford, United away next game. But there's a strong chance we'll have Madison back, Van der Ven back. Obviously, we lose Son and Saar and
0: Bissuma, but... <laughs> you know, if we can <laughs> get a few I do back, think this is going to be a constant narrative now for you guys just because of... The competitions that, like the Asian Cup and Afghan, as you've mentioned, and injuries and suspensions, I I don't, I don't think Spurs will ever be able to field that strongest eleven again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds a bit ridiculous, but I just think, well, eventually, you know, Son's going to get an injury at some point, isn't he? Playing Mm. this many games, you know, other players are going to get injuries, and it's. I don't. I think very rarely do teams get to roll out their. um, their best, um, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know the, the issue for us is is that we've just started the process of building, so we haven't got the squad to come in and plug those gaps.
0: Yeah.
1: So, whereas
0: for yourselves, see that um, you you're going to say that we can't we do and we do, but we're not really using it. So, like today's game, Emil Smith hmm. Rowe is on the bench, not coming on. You know, we still don't have um, Partey and Timber are not unavailable. You know, I, I don't know what the hell was happening with Thomas Partey, but you know, Tommy Asu made a return today. I couldn't believe that. Mm. And the players that we did bring in, Jakob Kivior today, he was really bad like, really bad, mm. like basics um, that he was getting wrong. Um, you still need a bit of work, you know? Yeah, sport- but then at uh, the beginning of the season, I didn't feel like that. I thought, right now, these are good players. You know, if we, if we do have an injury to someone, we've got Reese Nelson who can come in and we've got um, backup for you know, in midfield with Fabio Vieira and Emile Smith-Rowe and Jorginho and, you know, Trossard and these players. But over the last, I don't know, I suppose it's just the two games, it really hasn't felt like there's been many options on the bench, whereas at the beginning of the season, I thought, no, there's plenty there that can change a game. Um, So, yeah, yeah, it's a frustrating (laughs) one, but maybe it's just the context of results at the moment, you know?
1: Yeah, and look, I'm not trying to, like make direct comparisons they'll be like, whoa, betide me, look at our injuries. But mm. this is the worst I can remember it. And just to be clear, in terms of the positions we're talking about, it is the equivalent, right, at the minute for us of you playing without Saliba, Gabriel, Rice and Saka. That's that's the level where of of and we haven't got players remotely close to that level coming in mm. in, in reserve. The only the only area that I think we're quite stacked in is in midfield where we have got a lot of players that can come in, and they're all a decent level. Like Celso coming in today, yeah. good player and played well. But centre yeah. centre center half we're short, up top we're short, and that's really hurt us. So
0: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I can't disagree. I think mean, your injuries and um, suspensions for sure have have been definitely more impactful than what Arsenal have this season have had to deal with this season. But that's not to say that it's insignificant at Arsenal, but. You definitely yeah. trump us on that for sure.
1: But look, I mean as I said, like the, the way to, to cap it off from our side is if I'm if I'm evaluating twenty twenty three from mm. August to December, every Spurs fan's gonna say, manager has worked miracles, we're playing a brand of football that everyone is enjoying. He's a breath of fresh air. We're right up there. Like we're three points off the top. I know Liverpool have this game in hand tomorrow, but to be a point of Arsenal, to be to be there. And to be playing the way we do is way, way, way overachieving versus yeah. what, what we could have thought of. So, And what you but, predicted at the beginning
0: of the season, right? Yeah, when you, and, when, right. You, yeah when you and I spoke, I noticed, you know, they're kind of tongue-in-cheek things and ridiculous to predict where a team will finish and get it correct, but... Um, yeah, it's way above what you thought, right? And way above what I thought. I thought it was going to be this podcast was just going to be a giggle for me every week. <laughs> I thought that as well. To be you fair, you know, I just thought you were getting Brendan Rogers with a didgeridoo coming in, and it's like <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've seen that online, but that that was funny. Um, yeah, it was going to be a jolly up for me each week, and we signed Declan Rice, and it was yeah, but it hasn't been that way. Fair play to you guys you know what there's, there's a
1: couple of people that said to me when we had this idea when we first started it and they said like not not being funny but you, you you've been stitched up here because you do know Arsenal could like, could win the league this year and the Champions <laughs> League and you know like, we're like terrible and we've got to totally rebuild and I was like look, I like talking about it i think we i think it's an interesting proposition and i think mm. you know it's just good to talk about each other's clubs and yeah i think the fact that the first 10 games i think we were like the only two unbeaten teams in the league at at one point, right, for a while.
0: unbeaten was
1: that episode, wasn't it, yeah. Yeah, so, like, the synergies has actually been quite strange, and to be just a point off each other, it's very, very strange how it's all sort of coming to life, but, look, let's see, There's you know what it's like. The winter break's going to be fascinating, and then, who knows, man, how how do you see it from an Arsenal point of view, looking into 2024? I know you mentioned you feel like you're sort of nicely positioned, yeah what, are your, what are your hopes and prospects
0: I was I'm a lot more confident <laughs> three games ago after Liverpool than I was after our last two results um but I just know the season is up and down and it's whoever is going to topple man city for me is going to have to reach such high levels and be so consistent and right now on the 31st of December 2023 I don't think we will be good enough for that um, I didn't think that at the beginning of the season. I've always said that it's cities to lose, but um, this season has so far, not just for from an Arsenal perspective, but Liverpool and Aston Villa and Spurs, teams in and around it, it seems like there's an opportunity, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be as optimistic as I can. Um, how about you, looking forward to 2024 for Spurs? Yeah,
1: so it's funny... Well, just to pick up on a point about Aston Villa, because it reminds me of when Leicester won the league. At what point do you start to play <laughs> don't, like...
0: don't do it. Cause Cause I don't I, memory,
1: I... it'll be a good evening, and I can't <laughs> deal with that. Because I'm with you, right? I don't even think they're that good. And even against Burnley the other night, they've nicked a very contentious last-minute penalty yeah. to just nick that game. But but they're winning, and they're up there, and they're getting the points. And
0: zero injuries. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like zero injuries.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite mad. So, I think, to your point, I think there is an opportunity, like, it's not inconceivable that a team like a Villa, could, this, this feels like a very odd year where a team could sneak it. Yeah, it does feel um, like that. So, from a Spurs point of view, obviously, I fantasise that would be us. Um, <laughs> but in reality, I'd love to see us go on a big FA Cup run. And we've got Burnley at home early Jan, Again, no son, none of the Afcon boys. But I think we need to put a lot of eggs in that basket. But I just think the the winter break is coming at a really key period for us. We need to recover some bodies, get a couple of bodies through the door in the transfer window. And I the, my honest answer is I have no idea what our, what our ceiling is. Mm-hmm. If we if we if we luck out and we keep boys fit and we go on a run, I'm not going to put a limit or onto what we might be able to achieve or not. But Realistically, if we're in and around the top four, I'll be delighted for
0: the first season bench posticoglu. Yeah, yeah, that would be a tremendous, tremendous success for us. His first yeah. season for sure, considering where you were
1: under Conte. Well, I mean, and I suppose firing one back to you, and obviously it's not a subject I'd like to speak about, just given that we're not in the competition. Yeah. But Champions League, <laughs> you got a favor. I'd say favorable. I mean, Porto are a decent side, but you'd yeah. say you'd put yourselves as favourite. Do you think... It, I mean, I look around at the Champions League and I think, again, Bar City, how many top, top-level teams are there? Because Real Madrid are not quite at their best. Barcelona are a bit off it. Munich aren't at their best. Do you think you have a chance?
0: Um, We've produced some of our best attacking performances in the Champions League. So, it's strangely, there is a little part of me that thinks it's more likely that we win that <laughs> than we do the Premier League. Interesting. Um. And it's knockout football is so much different, isn't it? And honestly, it, you know, there's more, there's a much smaller sample size of games that we've played in the Champions League than, you know, we've played a lot less Champions League games than we have in the Premier League and we've been much better in that little sample, given that we've played probably weaker teams than City and Liverpool, for example. But, um, but, mate, we've got a chance. We've got a chance. We do have a chance. Um, I'd favor us a lot more if we had Partey and timber and you know players you know you know i want to say like no injuries but having been able to call upon tommy Asus and um you know trossards and them to be producing i'd feel more confident with it but um yeah we've got a chance but i, I can't i can't see it first season back never won it before i can't see it happening but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thought and it's an interesting question as well. Um, and it might be a competition that Spurs are in next year. If you, if I, I, I see that happening, I think.
1: So. That's a big compliment. I think so. I mean, I think that the, <clears throat> going back to the North London derby we had, which was just an amazing game, mm. like, I think that's the first time and like, I think we went into that game now looking at it with pretty much a fully fit team. I can't remember if you did. But I remember you thinking well, both teams were yeah, close yeah,
0: to yeah. We were. We, it was just Partey and Timber, I think, at that time.
1: Yeah, and and I just looked at that game and I thought the level of that you know match was very very high, and it was you you know you could have run away with it in the first half, second half. We were a better team, and I think we we ended up coming out of that thinking relatively evenly matched when you put our two first first elevens together. And I think mm. it feels like for both sets of teams. If whoever is able to keep their top players out there for longer, it's going to have a chance of doing well. Because even if you took the only exception to this rule is Man City, really. Because if Liverpool, if you took out Salah, Van Dijk, and I don't know one of their other forwards, like they're going to suffer and suddenly drop off. I'm sure of it. Mm. Or City the only team that's sort of immune to this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it does feel like Harlan. It Harlan's been out. De Bruyne's been out the whole season. Um, they've got, you know, they sold Gundogan, Mares, but they somehow just like this machine so, mm-hmm. I don't know man, <laughs> what I do know is it's going to be an exciting 2024 and what I would love to see is a team that is not Man City win the league I would love it to be Spurs, I would love it to not be Arsenal, but I think <laughs> for the sake of the league, let's change it up Yeah, yeah, it needs to change, doesn't it goodness me Yeah, uh, yeah. so uh... We roll on. We roll on, mate. On to
0: 2024.
1: 2024 and a big Happy New Year wish to all our listeners, everyone that's listened, shared, done whatever, engaged with social posts, whatever. We appreciate you. And, yeah, it's been great fun. Happy New Year, everyone. All the best. I'll speak to you soon, Andy. Cheers, mate. All the best, guys.